You are, you are now tuning in to Reform Raza. Our aim is to glorify God through the edification of the saints. Expect practical theology and a draw to be biblical. So if you ask us who we do this for, because this is for the last. This is Reform Raza. My name is Martin Velasquez alongside with my brothers. This is Justin Corona. And what up, everybody? This is Brother Rick. And you are now in the mix. Don't forget to hit us up at reformraza.com. And I haven't said this in a while. With all your questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes, you can hit us up right there at the website. You can leave us a comment on the website and send us an email and just let us know what the Lord has been doing in your life through these little podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment. We would greatly appreciate if you do. Don't forget to get your official Reform Raza merch at reformraza.com. Go ahead, hit that link, and then uh, go where it says merch, and we'll take you to the Wrath and Grace website where you can purchase an official tee, bro. Join the movement, Reformed Raza. I got to roll them R's. Shout out to the basement, you know, if you caught that live with us on there. Shout out to Wayne and to Pastor Lowe's for having us on. Dope conversation. So if you missed that, go ahead to the basement on uh, Wrath and Grace on the Facebook group on Wrath and Grace. It's also on the basement uh, group. And go ahead and hit that up and watch that very important conversation that we had on there. Just, you know, how do we deal with uh, who we are as minorities in our culture coming into you know, the Reformed Church or to the church and how do we deal with uh, who we are ethnically and the church? Do we have to give up our culture in order to uh, be Christians or can we uh, can we have both? Can we have culture and Christianity? So don't, don't forget both. as well, Redeem Project Radio. <laughs> so you could go to redeemprojectradio.com and from there, you could tune in to our 24-7 internet radio where, um, well, you will hear yours truly along with other podcasts that we are partnered with. And you could listen to dope music, urban uh, Christian hip hop music that you won't hear on the fish music. You won't hear on K-Wave or any of those other Christian uh, radio stations, but solely exclusively on Redeem Project Radio. So mm. don't forget to tune that in whenever you need something to listen to, something to bump, some good lyrical theology, some good uh, just just music to listen to, reformed music that is God glorifying. We got podcasts on there on Sunday. We highlight urban pastors are in the mix in the hood preaching and teaching the word of God. So go ahead and hit that up. And also, 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 we got a date. We got a time. Well, a, what? We do? Yeah. To go live, bro. Oh, you said a date. I was like, <laughs> yeah, we got a date. And I was a like, time. I got a blind date or what? No. <laughs> also, too, if you know anyone that is on Christian Mingle, we have a brother, a bachelor brother here, uh, Victor Velasquez. 
Hit me up on ChristianMingle.com <laughs> for any ladies who are interested. My profile is right there. Hey, what is that? That that reformed one? The the sovereign singles or something like that? Sovereign sovereign singles? Is this that one that I remember the brother was talking about? Yeah, I think it's a a sovereign singles or reformed singles or something like that. <laughs> if you're reformed and you're looking for uh, hey, a God is sovereign, I don't know. Anything, sovereign so. singles. <laughs> But now nah, we're going live, bro. We're going live, our first live event. Don't forget, it's absolutely free. It costs you nothing to join. Free prayer, guys. Free prayer. <laughs> and that's going to be on Monday the 28th. So three days after Christmas, you, you could tune in. And we're going to be live on Facebook. And we're going to also try to be live at the same time on Instagram as well. Yeah, we're going to get it in. We're going to get it in. So we're going to just talk about 2020. What? A year this has been a lot yeah. of changes a lot of feel you in on, on just a lot of things we've been going through yeah. in the backgrounds that you don't hear on the episodes yeah so. we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some things man we and we want to interact with y'all we want to read your comments we want to shout you out those who are joining us on the live hit it up instagram and facebook live go ahead and save the date monday 28 at 7 p.m that's west coast time 7 p.m. So if you're on the east, I don't know what time it is over there. <laughs> <laughs> but if you know West Coast time, it's going to be 7 p.m. West Coast time. So go ahead Dope. and send. And wait for that. So today, man, today we're going to get it in. Um, we think, we've been talking about Jesus lately You know what I mean I think we've had some dope uh, conversations And things just that We've been speaking about the Lord How important it really is to know Our Savior you know I mean, if we mm-hmm. claim to be Christians And we we claim to, to Read our Bibles And we should know who Jesus is Now this is very important Because every every one of us Should be talking to other people About our faith even if you're not purposely like going out there and hitting the streets and evangelizing, one way or another, you're going to run into somebody who's going to ask questions about the things that you believe in, whether it's at work, whether it's at school. And if you're a Christian, people are going to know that you're Christian. Even at home. Even at home. People are going to ask questions. What about this Jesus guy? What does he have from your what? You know, I have had conversations with my coworker who who asked me questions about about the Lord because you know um, people have this uh, preconceived notion of who Jesus is, and they don't fully understand um, why is he so significant? Why is the need for me to know who this Jesus character is? So we as believers should be able to come to the table and be like, hey, this is why you need to believe in the Lord. You know, because then I, I find it crazy, too, how a lot of people lately have just believed in reincarnation. You know, so we need to be able to set that straight and be like, no, that's not what it is. This is what it is. So what we're talking about today, the Christ of prophecy, Jesus. So this this portion right here is very important because when we read the text, we've mentioned this before. That we read it, you know, we can just flip the pages and go to Old Testament, New Testament, right? But the Bible was written over roughly around 1,500 years, probably more than that. Don't quote me on that, but a few thousand years, you know what I mean? Um, for, for From the first author of the book, from the first five books of, of, of the Old Moses. Testament, Moses, all the way up to the, the last person to write. John. Things were spoken of 
things were fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Since the beginning, we the the Lord has promised a Messiah, this one person who would come and redeem His people. So this was um, stretched out over you know millennia, and these prophecies that were given. You know, the Son of Man will come and do this. Uh, uh, this person will come. You know, a prophet after Moses and and things like that. A lot of things were spoken, and so that we come into the new time of the New Testament, right? Jesus steps on the scene, and he makes crazy claims, as this scripture was fulfilled today, or as it is written in Isaiah. And then the craziest thing is that Jesus never wrote anything down. He said to himself, if I testify of my own glory, it is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me. And so, especially in the book of Luke, how Luke was a Gentile, not even growing up in the, as a Jew or even reading, you know, the Torah, the Old Testament. Luke is, is very interesting because it comes from an in, investigative uh, point of view. So it's like someone who you, who uh, goes to a murder scene and then goes backwards to find out the steps to see how they how it got here. That's what Luke is. So he's writing an investigative report to see what the things that people claim to have seen, to claim that what Jesus said, and you see that it lines up with the other gospels. That's the craziest thing. It's an investigative report, and yet it lines up with the story that is already that was written. So Jesus claimed to be the fulfillment fulfillment of certain prophecies, and this is very significant because every other religion, I keep mentioning this, and I emphasize this because it's important, they have their quote-unquote Messiah. They have their, uh, uh, man, I got, I got blank right now. The Mormon guy, John. Uh, jo- Joseph, Joseph Smith. Smith. I always want to say John Smith. Were you about John to say John Smith? Yeah, I was, was going to say John Smith. <laughs> but, John so, Wick. <laughs> John Wick coming and blasting, dude. So, but, but, uh, so they, they have their dude, all right? They're like, oh, we need, this is another testament, you know what I mean? And this is why Joseph Smith is so important because his story did this and this and that. But then you come to the table, hey, Jesus was the final fulfillment of these things. Therefore, we have no need of a Joseph Smith or yeah. a Charles Taze Russell who started the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, religion or Muhammad who an angel came to him in a cave. And the scripture says, even if an angel comes to you preaching another gospel, don't believe it. So, I mean, it's important, you know. And so we see from a witness point of view, who people who saw Jesus who heard him speak, who saw him heal people, who saw him uh, uh, say this and he fulfilled that, they wrote down what they saw. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, these men wrote down what they saw. Even Peter says, we have seen his glory. We have seen, talking about the transfiguration in, in, in Matthew 17, we were there when he transfigured. He just transformed before our eyes and his glory was there. And what did they do? They fell down and they were, they were scared. But they wrote down what they saw. So that's the point that I want to emphasize right here. The scriptures that we read coming from a perspective of people who, who wrote down what they saw. That's why we can believe the Bible. I think also, too, a, a side note as well is um, if we don't understand the, the prophecies from from the prophets of the Old Testament, 
Um, if we, we didn't fully understood that, that Christ fulfilled those things, when they, when the council, the church council within the, the first centuries of the church, when they were gathering together the books and making the canon for the Bible, we honestly probably wouldn't have a lot of books within the Bible today because if prophecy wasn't fulfilled, that, that prophet probably wouldn't be validated. It would be a, a, almost like a false prophet, mm. even though we know them as not false prophets. Because why would someone place, let's say, the book of Jeremiah into the Bible as canon if what he predicted about the Messiah never came to fruition? What would be the purpose of that? And so that's what that's a man. I, that's why I applaud and I appreciate the the church council in the early centuries, the first centuries of the church when they came together to compile everything that they had about Christ, about God, everything within the Bible context, when they were placing them together, they had to do a lot of research, a lot of work to to go back and forth and pinpoint, okay, this was fulfilled in Christ. This was fulfilled in Christ. This is where Jesus Christ fulfilled this from Isaiah. This is where he fulfilled this from Ezekiel to make sure that everything that was in the Bible was validated from Christ. If it wasn't, there, there was no reason for them to be able to place it in there because then it would be a false prophecy. That's a good point. That's a good point because a lot of people would look to that and be like, well, how do how do they know what books were inspired or how, how, how are they supposed to know? Yeah. Jesus is our standard. And that reminds me too about the whole false prophets, prophet thing. Jesus said, you know, in these last days, many will come in my name claiming to be Christ. We know, but don't believe them. These things that we've been talking about, the types and shadows, you know, and prophecies being fulfilled, we know that Jesus is the Messiah. So whoever comes, you know, saying they're the true Messiah, they didn't fulfill these prophecies. Yet those people who believe them deserve to be deceived because they have not dug into God's word to see, okay, this is why Jesus is the Messiah. This is why he is the Christ. This is why uh, he, I worship him and, and I glorify him because he is the fulfillment of the law and, and of the prophets. So here comes this false prophet saying, I am the Christ and people fall for it. It's like, you deserve to be deceived. If you call yourself a Christian, you deserve to be deceived because you're not even digging into the scripture yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think just going back to, to the first church, they didn't even have a Bible. All they had was the Old Testament scriptures, and they were relying on those scriptures. Like, for instance, Philip and the eunuch. When the eunuch was uh, was reading the Old Testament scriptures quoted in Isaiah, and then Philip tells him, oh, no, no, the eunuch tells Philip, how am I going to understand these things if someone doesn't guide me? And then Philip reveals to him, this is talking about Jesus. And so even the... Um, it's important to know the prophecies because that's all they had in the first church. Mm-hmm. And they had to confirm what Jesus did according to these prophecies to, so that they can recognize these signs like this is the Messiah. They didn't have the Bible like we do right now that we can just flip back and forth like that. They had to rely on those Old Testament scriptures to, to confirm who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I think the first century church were more grounded in who Christ was than your average American Christian today. Mm-mm-mm. Because all because they the old they had the old scriptures from the Old Testament, the prophecies, they had those and that's how they pointed to Christ. Mm-mm. They were able to make those type of connections because today we have the New Testament, right? But over there they only had 
if, if they're from Ephe- uh, Ephesus, if they're from Philippi or whatever, they would have that that epistle from Pete, um, from Paul. And, and and that was if they're there during the reading. Now, now of course, later down the line, they would circulate some of the letters around. But I mean, they didn't have it um, like how we have it today. We could take it home and all that. But only when they were able to gather, they were able to read it together. And and then even then, Peter would then go to, to affirm that may Paul's writings, though they may seem hard, that this is this is as as like scripture. Mm-mm-mm. And so, man, that, that's why this is this is such an important thing because with what we've already talked about so far in these past two episodes, and then even with today, will will help you to be able to denounce and avoid the the foolishness of today's different religions Mm-mm-mm. when they say that today we have a prophet. It's like no, Christ was the was the final greater prophet. Mm-hmm. Oh, to, or uh, they're they're gonna bring back the sacrificial system? No, <laughs> Christ was the final, the final, uh, the greater priest, and he was the the better offering, the better sacrifice, once and for all sacrifice. Man, that that that's on point. Oh, right God, God is establishing His kingdom today. <laughs> no, no, no. Hello, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, you didn't say the magic words. Uh, uh. <laughs> we didn't get that button, dude. <laughs> so let's get it in, Vic. What do you got for us, dude? Well, first thing we want to see is, uh, you know, Christ fulfilling prophecies. Then uh, we actually want to start with the beginning, not of the Bible, but. Uh, the beginning of Christ, Christ is coming because you got to think about the time. Remember, the Jews had these these signs that they were looking for. Mm-hmm. And uh, even in the book of John, the, the disciples go, we found the Messiah. And how would they know if they found the Messiah? How would they know everything? So Jews and everybody was looking for a sign. So let's take a look first off at Isaiah seven fourteen, which I have it right here. Mm-hmm. Um, the word of God says, uh, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. He will eat curds and honey, and at the time he, he knows enough to refuse evil and choose good. For before the boy will know enough to refuse evil and choose good, the land whose two kings you dread will be forsaken. But this is an Old Testament um, a prophecy right there, focusing on the verse 14, that the Lord himself will give you a sign. So this is the first sign right here, that there will be a virgin the virgin birth she will bear a son and you will call she will call his name Emmanuel now now that this is an obvious one if you're familiar with the Bible that's a reference to to the book of Matthew to Christ's birth Mm -hmm. and so Matthew confirms this Matthew chapter 1 verses 20 uh, 22 if we jump there real quick it says now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet behold Verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And so this portion of scripture, though, actually refers to more of like, why is is it important that, you know, that that this son is is to be called Emmanuel? His name is Jesus. Uh, Earlier it says his name is Jesus. Why is it Jesus? Because he will save his people from their sins. Emmanuel means God with us. So this is even a reference also to the deity of Christ, of, of Christ's coming, Christ, incarn- the incarnation of Jesus, that this child is to be sinless. He's going to come. He's going to be born. 
and it's God with us. That's what Emmanuel means, God with us. So this baby that's to be born will be a sign that salvation is coming onto the earth. And that's why we celebrate, uh, that's why we, we, we recognize Christmas as the, 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 the child that is to come and to save us from our sins. Yeah, and, and it's cool because if, if you read the first pages of Genesis, right, we, we hear of God speaking to the serpent um, about the coming, the seed, right? The seed that will come, that will crush the seed of the serpent. But man, from Genesis there and then going onwards, God continues to build on that. Mm-hmm. That, that way he has already spoken about what was to come. And then up until right now, um, as we just spoke about, or as Victor just spoke about in 714 of Isaiah, that now the seed would be born from the virgin. That now, okay, like I'm remembering of the seed, but never would we have thought that it would be God coming to accomplish the work and how that would even be possible. Man, that's crazy. And then, and then even just compiling everything that, that we're about to go through as well. As far as how everything comes to this one focal point of Christ being born, which we'll get into the next episode more in detail. It's coming. It's yeah. coming. But no, this this is dope. And so we see even uh, from the very beginning that Jesus in his very birth is fulfilling prophecy already. And one person in the book of Luke that was... Um, attentive to these things. Now, he 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 was a, a a priest, right? He wasn't the high priest, but he was a priest. And I just want to read this portion right here because it was a very. So this man was attentive to the scriptures, and we're gonna see how the Pharisees were not. And that's why you know Jesus told them that they're sons of, of their father, the devil, because. Although, that's crazy. Think about it. Uh, Cephas, or not Cephas, uh, uh, I forgot the name of the high priest. Yeah. You know, Um, he was the one going into the Holy of Holies making sacrifice. When you think about it, he was the high priest. And yet we read the scriptures how Caiaphas, his name is Caiaphas, just came to mind, how, how like wicked he was. And yet there's this man right here in the book of Luke chapter two. And uh, in verse uh, 22, it says, And when the time came for the for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, Jesus. You know, As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and offer sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. Uh, and then he, it goes down and says what they presented. But check this out, what this dude says right here. In verse 26, it says, And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that uh, he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. And he came into the spirit, into the temple. And when the parents brought him uh, in the child to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up to the arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light of revelation to the gentiles and for glory to your people israel now this man uh simeon he was a worker in the in the temple he knew what was coming he was a man of the word he saw the baby jesus 
and he was so um in, like in tune with the holy spirit he saw them coming and says this is the savior this is the one whom the scripture's been the scripture's been talking about and that you can just imagine the excitement that he felt when he saw this baby saying i have finally seen the salvation of your people for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples so you can just imagine the excitement that he felt seeing this baby come in and 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 seeing like this is god with us this is emmanuel this is the one whom the scriptures have been talking about i can finally go in peace like he was at the end of his life but the lord had promised him you will see the salvation that is to come and just imagine jesus hasn't even he's just barely born he hasn't even done anything but yet simeon notices god's faithfulness and god's truth incarnate in his hands just imagine that for a minute you know what i mean like it's crazy i always imagine that with him saying like i'm holding salvation in my hands yeah, this dude. is this is the one who was who's who's been prophesied over but i'm finally holding i finally get to see salvation in my hands it's crazy that's one of those 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 rare um occasions where god has given a special revelation to to somebody and and with him you could see almost how in hebrews when it goes on to talk about those in past that had had faith right or when jesus speaks about abraham have seen my day Mm -hmm. right so with him with simeon you could almost get a glimpse of what that meant because he was regarding through the scriptures and what was revealed to him by god and and him already knowing the scriptures has already an idea of the savior and he was holding and he beheld the savior yeah so you can only imagine those of in old testament just from what they from what was already prophesied and what was already spoken to them the great faith they had of the one that was to come and that's how they were saved because of the faith in that was to come Mm -hmm. they took god at his word god gave them a promise that he would give them a, a promised land that he will give them a king that he will give them you know a b and z these things that, that that were promised by god and by their faith in god they took him at his word and by that faith they were saved so the salvation of the lord has been the same from old testament saints new testament saints mm-hmm. by faith alone through grace alone and christ alone according to the scriptures alone to the glory of god alone if anything today we have it easy we have everything right in front of us the special revelation of god that's that's why condemnation is going to be a little bit harder for today's people you know yeah. <laughs> but anyways let's go on to the next well here's the thing about this though i mean just a little bit more before we move on about about his birth is that the the magi okay just just real fast how how they refer to him as the king of the jews mm. and about hair he goes king Wait, I'm the king. Mm-hmm. So already when barely he was born, and and you know Jesus was already out there, you know, causing trouble to the world. But you know, numbers numbers twenty four seventeen talks about the star that they were gonna see, and then how this this king was supposed to come. But what I want to point out is is that all 
Everything in Jesus' life from his birth to his death, everything was specifically prophesied. We don't have time to go through everything, but where he was born was prophesied. And, and, and even about uh, um, King Herod, how he went to go do a massacre trying to kill Jesus. All this was prophesied, but we want to move on to, to, to the forerunner. Because um, this is, the Jews were looking for signs. They were look, I mean, you... If you haven't checked out the, the the shadows episode, you gotta go see it because everybody was looking for 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 these signs ever since God pointed out or Moses pointed out that there was gonna become a prophet. He was gonna come just like me, and he is gonna tell you what to do. And so we want to talk about the forerunner real quick because all of this, all of these were were already prophesied. And so the forerunner, if you already know, that somebody had to come and prepare the way of for the Lord, for him to, to, to be to be made known. And this forerunner is actually prophesied in Isaiah and in Micah. But I want to check out Micah real quick. Or Malachi, my bad, not Micah, Malachi. Malachi 3.1 says this, Behold, I am going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 4 to 5, he says, He will come in the spirit of Elijah. And so the Jews were looking for this sign. This forerunner is supposed to come. He's supposed to come in the spirit of Elijah. So the Jews got it all wrong, though. They were looking for an actual an actual reappearance of Elijah. Mm-hmm. But the word of God says that he was going to come in the spirit of Elijah, in the exact likeness. And John 1.19 says it, that when John the Baptist came, he came baptizing with the baptism of repentance. The Jews were kind of like questioning him. Who are you? They were questioning him. Are you Elijah? No, I'm not. Are you the prophet that's supposed to come? No, I am not. And they ask him, well, who are you? So we can give, give the people who send us, what sign do you give us? And he quotes Isaiah and says, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make way straight the way for the Lord. Now, this is the forerunner who's, who's preparing the way for the Lord to come. And actually, it's John the Baptist who points out when Jesus comes in, this is the Lamb of God. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And that's when the disciples knew through, through what was written. They, they even go to Peter and say, we found the Messiah. We found the prophet who Moses spoke about in the law. And so one of the, the prophecies that, that, were, that were spoken was of the forerunner, the one who was to prepare the way for the Lord. And the Jews point out and say, this is the prophet. This is him. Yeah, that's that's crazy how they they knew they were attentive to to the concept of this one. You know what I mean? The Holy One of Israel, the Messiah, the one who would come in the name of the Lord to set his people free. Now they were thinking only of an earthly sense of they're gonna free us from the Romans. They're gonna free us from from this you know political scene from the reign of Caesar. From, yeah, so they're gonna protect us from you know what they saw. But Jesus comes to for a higher purpose. And I think that's what um, they got it twisted in their thinking. Because that, that just goes to show how much uh, Bible teachers have an influence. Because they were probably getting this influence from the Pharisees. You know what I mean? They were, they were probably just, just, just thinking. Because we have, you know, Simeon, you know, who was in tune with the Holy Spirit and... He actually waited for the Messiah. And when he saw the Messiah, the birth of the Messiah, he glorified God. So other people were blinded to that. 
because they took the word of false prophets as the Pharisees. So it's very important, even for today, you know, just to, you know, um, for for today, how we can apply this is that, man, read your Bible and always open or always listen to a preaching or whoever, not with an open mind, but with an open Bible. So that, that just goes how today we can avoid false teachings in that way, you know, just to bring that up real quick. But let's move on. So he makes his appearance, right? Christ comes and John John tells him, this is the Lamb of God. This is the Messiah. But once you read all of the four Gospels, you're going to find out that it all fits into one story. Because after he makes his, his appearance or, or John makes him known, he actually goes to the synagogue. And he reads a scripture from Isaiah proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to go and preach good news. And I just love how Jesus, it's kind of like he, he, he drops the mic right there and says, today, this scripture is fulfilled. <laughs> I mean, you, can, you can imagine all the Jews at that time like, what? Or oh, they busted what? one of these. <laughs> no, no but, but it's crazy though, because he, he opens the scrolls, he goes up in front of everybody, reads the scripture from Isaiah. If you want to go into further detail, it's going to be found in Isaiah 61, for if you know if you want to read later on. But he, he, quote, he quotes from Isaiah, says, Today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. But you can just imagine the Jews saying, Wait, this guy has lived with us. Isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't this a, a, a son of a carpenter? What, what does he mean that the scripture is fulfilled? And I just love how Jesus responds, Surely you're going to quote, quote this proverb to me. Um, I don't have it written down now to quote it. Um, but it's amazing to see, though, the reaction of the Jews. How, how he, 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 they basically reject him as the Messiah. They reject him as, as, as the king of the Jews, as they would say. But what, that's actually one of the prophecies that a prophet is not honored in his hometown. That he, it's written in, in, the, in, the, in the book of the prophets that he will be despised, that he would be rejected from his own people. Yeah, I mean, it's even like thing, small things that well, maybe not small things, but, you know, like we see just how Jesus is going about his day and him being, you know, put to the test or rejected. And then he says, as it is written. He's like fulfilling prophecy as he's going about his day. And that's the crazy thing when you when you think about just how people are just going about their day. And the Pharisees or whoever's opposing Jesus is they're having natural responses and natural objections to what who Jesus proclaimed to be. But yet at the same time, it was already written that they would have those objections. So even as Jesus is fulfilling prophecy, the sovereignty of God is there. And we can see this, how he is faithful to fulfill his word to his people. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes this so great. God's faithfulness is behind all of this. And then even to the, to the point where the Pharisees and the scribes, the ones who were more studious in the, in the um, Old Testament passages, they would even just overlook some of the simplest details like when they say what good could come from Galilee well two prophets arose from Galilee if if they were to have remembered Jonah and Hosea Mm. 
And then even then, it was prophesied of Christ coming from Galilee. And, and, and so what Christ did in his three-year ministry as he was fulfilling prophecy was he was causing these Pharisees, these scribes, to forget the fundamentals of, of Old Testament prophecies because they didn't accept the one they saw before them. It was almost as if when um, <clears throat> when Samuel was um, was anointing David as king, like this is this is the one, this is the one, Lord. Mm. I could have sworn it was Jesse's oldest son when they first started going down the line of the sons of Jesse, right? This one's strong. This one's mm-hmm. handsome. It must be this one. No, 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 no. And then they go down the line. Do you have any other sons? Yeah. Uh, David, he's out there tending the flock. He's the shepherd. Certainly not David. Yeah. But then it, it, it's it's because it's that natural response from people who haven't yet to be um, their eyes open and their ears open by the Holy Spirit. And we get a glimpse of that even with Jesus's ministry. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. So it wasn't something that somebody could just so quickly just pick up on. And so, and, and so with that information, we see that those that have accepted Christ, those that were able to perceive Christ and, and, and the fulfillment that he was doing or, or his deity, it was only because of the Holy Spirit that had um, allowed these people to, to perceive such things. And so that's how we're able to really understand um, some of the things that, you know, sometimes we tend to forget the working of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's so easy, and 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 we're quick to acknowledge God the Father, God the Son, but man, the Holy Spirit is truly the the, the greatest background worker, the greatest helper. Because if not for the Holy Spirit, no one would be able to perceive Christ at all. Because what is the natural response? Isaiah fifty three says, "Who has believed what he has heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed?" For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. So he didn't come as over here, Mr. Firme, Rico Suave over here, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> what, what's that guy with the, with the, I can't believe it's not butter? Uh, Fabio? With oh the yeah, long the blonde hair? <laughs> He didn't come looking like that. <laughs> He's like the Terminator with long blonde hair, dude. But uh, he didn't come like 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 that, and that's what they were expecting because they have they had a, a misrepresentation of what the scriptures actually said. So they were expecting this 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 uh, uh this beautiful man coming through just to sweep up and rescue Israel like like some sort of Superman. But now the scriptures say contrary that we there was no beauty beauty in him that we should even desire him. He was a common looking man. And that's what makes it so great. Honestly. So in the way the Jews well they, they, they didn't have faith. They were looking at things in the flesh. They're looking at things into the world because you heard about they hear about this Christ, this king, this conqueror that's gonna come, like you just mentioned. They're respecting this big uh Hulk looking type of guy <laughs> to come in and save them but no Jesus came to do the opposite of what they were looking for and that's even prophesied prophesied all over the Bible that even um, one of the prophecies that were given that he was going to heal heal the sick 
He was going to restore sight to the blind. That even the Jews were, uh, were looking for, for signs of this Messiah to confirm that he was who he was. Even, I mean, even John the Baptist, we talked about him earlier, that he was pointing out, said, this is the Lamb of God. Even he had doubts, though. Mm-hmm. Even he was he was asking for, for his other people, like, is, is this the one? He even sent people to Jesus. Is this the one? Are you the one who was supposed to come? And he, and he, and he, and he responds with a, pro, with a prophecy. He says, go and report to John what you have seen, that the blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and deaf hear and the dead are raised up. The poor have, have the gospel preached to them. But that's what that's referred back to, to uh, the book of Isaiah in chapter 35, where he, where he says that when this Messiah comes, he's going to restore. He's going to heal the sick. He's going to heal the blind. He's going to set the captives free. But this sign was only re- representing what he's going to do uh, later on in the cross, which we're going to talk about later on. But but. These are the signs that, that the Jews were looking for, that he was going to perform these things. And the Jews couldn't even captivate it, but he was doing it right in front of their eyes, right in front of their faces. Even the way that, that, that he spoke. I mean, even in the prophecy, he says that he, he's going to speak in parables that though hearing, they're not going to hear. Though seeing, they're not going to see. Even even uh, Jesus performing pro- fulfilling prophecies right before their eyes and they couldn't see. Even that was foretold. Mm-hmm. That wasn't going to happen. And, and I think that's where they weren't able to 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 piece those things together because what what is it in, in, in Muslim tradition or in, in, in the religion of, of Muslim or Islam Islam they saw Jesus as a prophet why because even though he was doing these healings that didn't make him that didn't make him God because he did healings other prophets did that too the apostles did that as well because the the healings that that was only um more so god used the prophets and the apostles that when in their ministry when they went around and healing and doing these things it was to authenticate their 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 role to put their position as a um as a person that that was of god that was often that was that was to bring validity to who they were and who they said they were and even Christ, that, that, that only authenticated his position. But more than that, the prophecies as they were fulfilled under Christ only validated more so that he was God up until the crucifixion when we get into that. But going back to the birth of Christ, they, they were looking for this king because it was prophesied back in Numbers and then also to... Um, uh, I believe it was in Second uh, Kings, but back when we did the types and shadows, how we mentioned that um, God told that He would build a house from David, and and then from there that the line will come from the line of David, and so we see how through Jesus that He would fulfill that kingly role, but it wouldn't be in the way that that the Pharisees were looking for. They were looking for someone, if anything, there maybe in their minds, they had an idea of another Saul more than, than a David. They wanted a Saul with the attributes of David. They were looking for this handsome man that will come with the power of David to help free them from the, 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 um, the tyranny of Roman, of, 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 of Rome. 
but instead they had Jesus and they looked at him and 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 they were stumbling, right? And that was another thing that was foretold that they would stumble as as what was prophesied. They stumbled because they they couldn't believe that man, if if Manuel was going to come, God was going to be with us, surely God would come um coming down and lining down the streets with gold or something. He, if God was going to come down to earth and save us, certainly he wouldn't come as this guy. Certainly he wouldn't come from Galilee. Certainly he wouldn't come uh, on a donkey. He wouldn't he would be coming in the best of this, the best of that, but no, our Lord came humbly. And so it is because of that they were so blinded because they didn't understand the scriptures that they were reading. So the fact that Jesus fulfills uh, prophecy and it, it testifies to his deity. Mm-hmm. I think that's a major difference between anything else. Uh, the fact that he did these things makes him God himself. But as we move, move, as we move on to the life of Christ, um, the fact that Christ fulfilled the law and fulfilled these prophecies is of benefit to us because we are not only saved by the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, but we are saved by the life of Christ. The life that he lived is now ours, the imputed righteousness of Christ. So the fact that he not only fulfilled prophecy, he fulfilled law, now we are, because Christ was actually righteous, we too can be counted as righteous because of what he did. So what are some other things? I think we pretty much covered a lot of the life of Christ, right? Yeah, the only thing that we want to mention, though, is that I mean, we're about to get into the sufferings of Christ. But leading up to that point, I mean, Pharisees were haters straight out. They were haters. They wanted to kill. They wanted to kill Jesus because because he did good, because he did all these healings. I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> Yeah, they were. They didn't have faith. They 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 were in the flesh. They wanted to keep their their own rituals. They wanted to be self righteous, and because Jesus came and performed these miracles, even saying in the book of John, it's all over saying saying I am, referring that he was God, that he is he is in his deity. Even Daniel referred to one like the Son of Man is coming, and Jesus referred to himself as the Son of Man. How are you gonna know? Or, or he says so that you can know to to the paralytic he said so that you may know that the son of man has power to forgive sins and the power to heal he tells him to get up your sins are forgiven Re- claiming himself that i am god i am god i am god i am emmanuel god with us i am him and this is the point this is the reason why the jews wanted to kill him because man, this is he's no. claiming to be god Mm-hmm. It's the point of the whole crucifixion. Why? I mean, one day they were shouting Hosanna, and then the next thing they were shouting crucify him, crucify him. Blasphemy! I mean, they were saying hypocrites. But even Jesus, in, in at the end, at the end of the uh, of Luke, he says, "Did you not know that the Christ had to suffer before he entered his glory?" Mm-mm-mm. So they were focused on, "Oh, the King is coming! Oh, he's going to come and free us!" And then when he when he fulfills his suffering, as prophesied in the book of Isaiah, which we're going to get into right now, he says, I thought he was the one. I thought he was, I thought we, we really thought that was him. And Jesus, you know, kind of, kind of like shielding their eyes, like, hey, what, what are you guys so sad about? Did you not know what was, what was happening? Do it. <laughs> 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 Wrong 
wrong one. What's wrong with you people? That's Jesus. That's Jesus right there. It's like, didn't you? But he's, then he tells him, didn't you know that the Christ had to suffer? So let's talk about the sufferings of Christ because this is one of the important things. Martin, you mentioned just right now imputation that we were saved not only by the death of Christ but by the life of Christ. But now let's get into his sufferings. So his sufferings are are all over the Bible, but we're gonna we're gonna go through Isaiah fifty three. Isaiah fifty three is very important because in our in a, even in our eyes we see just the outside. Oh, he went to be crucified. He suffered. Uh, because of the hands of the people and he suffered, I don't know, but let's dig in deep. What was happening at the cross? What was going on through there? In Isaiah 53, we can get through every single one, but we're not going to be able to cover everything. But Isaiah 53, in verse 4, we're going to start at verse 4. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us turned on his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of, of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is silent before its shearers, he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgressions of my people to whom the, the stroke was due, his grave was assigned with the wicked men, yet he was with the rich man in his death, because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Now let me pause right there. This is all talking about Jesus being in front of everybody and the the Pharisees, the Jews questioning him. Oh, you claim to be the son of God. Well, prophesy in front of me. Uh, uh, spitting in his face, slapping him. This is talking about what, what was going on, that they were accusing him. And all, throughout all that time, Jesus did not open his mouth. They were striking him. They were beating him up. As the prophecies were saying, he was like a lamb waiting to be slaughtered. Now, this is pre-crucifixion right here that, that that they were taunting him they were spitting in his face i mean just just quickly just imagine that your own creation spitting in your face for all any fathers out there that's like your son spitting at you or something like something that you someone that you created came out of you spitting at you taunting you mocking you but then jesus did not say one word as the scripture says right now he did not open his mouth he was going up to be slaughtered, taking on the sins of his own people upon himself. And even everyone just rejecting him. I mean, just imagine, because Jesus, yes, he's he, he's God, he's deity, he's God with us, he's God in the flesh, but he, there was still this, this human part to him. So when he talks about him being spinned, him being slapped, him being, being um, uh, uh, basically whipping him and all that, he felt that. He, he felt that and he took it for us, but scripture says, but the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring. He will prolong his days and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his land. Jesus had to suffer. He had to take upon himself the wrath of God. 
in order that we can be forgiven. That imputation that you were talking about. He took his, our sins upon himself and bore our griefs. Now, people get this twisted and say, well, well by his stripes we are healed. And, and they want to proclaim a, a physical healing right away. But that's not how it works. He came to heal us from our sin. I mean, sometimes today we're acting like, like the Pharisees at that time, only looking to, to the world. But we got to look beyond that. That he came to heal us from our sins. That just makes, man, that just shows the, how divine the gospel is. How the gospel is not a man-made concept. Like how it shows the, the, the mind of God, like how, like no, this is not no human invention, this gospel, you know what I mean? Like this is, that's, this is something that can't come from man. It shows the glory of God. It shows how, you know, how God in his nature, how he works, that he would give basically himself to to his to his own creation who sinned against him. Like that's like that's something that no human being would do. Like who's gonna give themselves up for people who don't want him like I think just just how Christ came in humility and suffered in our place it shows his love and his compassion towards a wicked people and that's that should that should humble us right there I, I think it's it's crazy too to even just imagine like in Isaiah Remember, th this is the prophecy that was made uh, a couple hundred years before Christ would even step onto Seven, the scene. Seven hundred years. And so ju just imagine God, how in, in all of sovereignty from eternity past, could have ordained a much better way for this to happen. Right? He could have or he could have prophesied and, and planned a way when Jesus would come, that things would be rainbows and kittens to where it would be such a nice presentation. He would come, Lord, and it, everything could have been in a way that he wouldn't even have to suffer. But through the, the, the mind of, of, of God, his unfathomable plan and Man, we, we see here that it had that he allowed things to happen in this way and he had even planned it to happen in such a way that maybe even too that we could even see how wicked this sin is. Because notice that 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 he, the creator, would put on flesh and allow his creation to do such things to him, to only display that without him, this is what sin does. Your sin has led you to do actions that would hate me. And to even just put on to display that this is this is almost like a portrayal of how Israel has been treating God in Old Testament. And we see it in the in, in at the end of, of Christ's ministry before he goes up to the crucifixion, even up to that point of how his own people hated him. His own people were the ones throwing fists at him, ripping at his beard, spitting at him, saying, crucify him. 
And it's almost a portrayal of what sin has done, even in God's people. But yet this was all planned out by God through prophecy to show that it is only because of God that we can even love at all. Man, what greater love than, uh, uh, how does the scripture go? That a man will lay down his life for a friend. What greater love that God would lay down his life for somebody that hit, that was once his enemy. Yeah, man, that's some through stuff. And so it, it would only then just put on full display the greatest of love from our creator, the greatest of grace, the greatest of mercies, right? Sometimes we ask ourselves, man, why did God allow Adam to sin? Why did he allow that whole garden event take place? Well, we would never know of a love as great as this, right? If sin, if sin never entered through Adam and Eve, we wouldn't have known this magnificent grace that we can experience because of the word of God as we we're able to read. We weren't there in that time, but we could read it and we are able to know it because of the Holy Spirit through that. But man, can you imagine if it went any other way, we wouldn't be able to to even just try to comprehend that love. Today, we're still trying to even comprehend it. I'm, man, there are times when I brought the tears when I'm listening to worship music or I'm sometimes I'm even listening to, to rap that's talking about justification and things like this beautiful the lyrical theology right and sometimes i'm just reminded like man like he did that for me when i was dead in trespasses when i was his enemy he brought me in as a friend he brought me in as his child that i would then receive all inheritance as christ and be seated with him man it continues to blow my mind and i and i'm still just in awe and and just on my face just man i still don't even understand this yeah so let's talk about the cross real quick how accurate um his crucifixion was to prophecy so everything that went down in his crucifixion in psalm 22 we can see how it was really just laid out for us right away in psalm 22 what was uh, jesus words on the cross He said, as I pull it up right here. <laughs> my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I mean, if you read the New Testament, you're going to see that this is what Jesus was saying on the cross. And that caught everybody's attention. Like, it, it automatically grasped the attention of the people who were right there standing and seeing him when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And they're like, look, he's crying out to Elijah. Let's see what he's going to do. All eyes on him at that at that moment. But then as we read Psalm 22, he goes on, uh, it goes on to say, although David is speaking from his own torment and suffering that he's going through, he's actually prophetically writing down what the Messiah will go through. Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? And then as we even see in verse six, but I am a worm and not a man scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. 
They make mouths at me. They wag their heads at me. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue, for he delights in him. It's almost quoting the exactly what the people said. Like, that's exactly what they said. Well, let him come down. Let him save himself. He called himself the son of God. Let him bring himself down. Right now, it's just blowing my mind. Like, I know this, but it's blowing my mind right now. Like, dude. Word this for is word. Like, word for word is yeah. what's happening. Not, not only that, dude, but like, as we read Psalm 22, even, even more where it says, um, I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. Like, that just gives us the physical suffering that 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 he had to go through all his bones are out of joint my heart is like wax it is melted within my breast my strength is dried up like a pot shared and my tongue sticks to my jaws you lay in the dust of death you lay me in the dust of death what did you say in the cross i thirst my tongue sticks to my jaws he is dehydrated even his dehydration was prophesied in the, in the next one is this is this is gonna this right here watch verse 16 says for dogs encompass me a company of evildoers encircles me they have pierced my hands and feet now think about this this is in the time of david right time of christ if Isaiah was 700 years before Christ came, uh, David was much more before that. The cross is actually something that came from God. Ultimately, the cross is something that God ordained for his Messiah to be crucified. The most gruesome death, the most gruesome suffering that a man can go through, God ordained that. For his only begotten son i think about it crucifixion was a common practice of romans and yet and yet it says they have pierced my hands and my feet this is something that was established by god for the messiah to go through when, when they had no concept of a cross yet god already ordained it and even with exodus when Moses would lift the bronze serpent on a wooden stick. Mm -hmm, exactly. And how that was even foretelling of exactly. the Son of Man being lifted. Ooh, that's crazy. And, but now this is something in verse 18 that no one wants to talk about or look at Jesus like this. Okay? Verse 18 says, They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Now we read that, and we say, like, oh, okay, whatever, whatever. That means that they stripped Jesus naked. Jesus was on that cross naked. They tore off his clothes. And the cast lots, they, they gambled to see who would keep his garments. Now, the fact that Jesus was on there naked, he was humiliated. His private parts were shown in front of a crowd of people. And this is what God ordained for the Messiah to go through. Now, since he was humiliated like this in this way, we can, we can come to Christ with our humiliation and be comforted by him because Jesus knows what it's like to be humiliated. So this should comfort us in a way that, that when you think of your past and you think about all the stupid decisions that you made, and it makes you think back like, man, 
I'm embarrassed about the things that I've done. Jesus knows what that's like. We can come to him with our humiliation and bear it at the cross, knowing that our Messiah understands. Now, I mean, just go through Psalm 22 and you're going to see how accurate the cross is, how perfectly it was prophesied, even to the point where he was crucified outside the city gates. That is something that that, you know, people who were uh, casted out like or they had leprosy, they were to be outside the city gates. Being outside the city gates was for people who were excommunicated, for people that no longer want to be that they didn't want inside the camp. That was part of the law of God, and yet even that was fulfilled. So, I mean, we, we've gone through a lot right now, man. Just the, the cross, man, how accurate it was in fulfilling scripture and how Jesus just fulfilled prophecy down to the T. We can be assured of our salvation because we have a sure Messiah one who actually fulfilled the law of God, one who actually came to to live righteously for us, one who came and 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 completed and done the things that we could not do. Or as one uh, pastor would go on to to say that his speaking is his doing. Mm-mm-mm. So we can take God at his promises when he promises in Romans at the end of the beautiful chapter eight that there is therefore. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. Man, if if I today have repented and believe in Christ, I could take that to the bank. For now, I am not. I am no longer under any condemnation because I am found in Christ Jesus. And so, if we could take God from Old Testament at His word. Right, that everything that he had promised has come from Old Testament, even through prophecy all the way to Christ as Christ fulfilled it. And Christ being God in flesh, we could take Christ at his word as well, right? And then moving forward, as we read the word of God, we can see where we now, by faith, can inherit these same things. We spoke about them in types and shadows of how through the offspring we'll be able to inherit the blessings that were mentioned in Old Testament. And today we're able to be on the receiving end of that because of Christ. And so this is why this is so important of of why Christ had to fulfill prophecy. Not only did was was he now keeping God at his word, right? But also too he was then demonstrating to us of who he is. And why we have faith in him. He gave his salvation. And now bringing it back to Simeon, right? This is this is salvation. I have seen the Lord. It's like, man, can we be that excited as Simeon who only read scriptures and only saw the baby infant? Not even seeing the cross yet. But having faith that that was something that was to come. I'm encouraged. Psalm 49, 15 says it like this, But God will ransom my soul from the power of shell, for he will receive me. This is why we can trust in Jesus Christ, because he has fulfilled our prophecy, 
And like we talked about before in the types of shadow with the sac- sacrifice that God has, has accepted this perfect sacrifice, this perfect lamb of God. And he has received this. He has, so proving it by his resurrection, we can trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ because he has fulfilled, fulfilled it all. And we can trust in his power. Amen. And as we come to the end of this episode, I want to live off with John 17, 1 through 4. It says, when Jesus had spoken these things. Now, this is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion. He says this, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life that you that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. So when Jesus said it is finished, it really was finished. Now think about this. We call this the Council of Peace where we have this divine conversation between the Father and the Son. The the Father sending forth the Son to accomplish His perfect righteousness, His perfect law, and to fulfill the prophecies that were already spoken about through the Holy Spirit, through the prophets, and how Jesus came for this work, to fulfill this work, to finish this work. As He says, I have accomplished the work that you have given me to do. And then He goes to a cross, takes on the wrath of God, filling more prophecy, dying and resurrecting three days later. So when he said it is finished, he truly finished the work that he was sent from the Father to do so that wicked, twisted sinners like us may be granted salvation. That we may humble ourselves before the cross, surrender our life and say, Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. And that we may believe, be regenerated, and be granted eternal life. Now, this is why these episodes are so important. This is why these episodes, this is why it's important to know types and shadows and and uh, um, prophecies and things like that. Because it lifts up Christ. And it makes us even more um, to surrender to him and truly trust him, especially in in this past year, you know, 2020, one one hell of a year, you know what I mean? And only Christ is only our faith in Christ is the one that that is it sustains us. Christ really does sustain us because he's sustained, you know, the suffering and, and the. In, in the, the crucifixion, he will sustain us even during these times. I would like to also leave off with Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies who is to condemn Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that who was raised who is at the right hand of God who indeed is interceding for us who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress 
or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written for your sake we are being killed all the day long we are regarded as sheep to be to be slaughtered no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for i am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of god in christ jesus our lord so even with 2020 coming to a close there is nothing that shall separate us from the love of god and think about it even for christ and and his earthly ministry when things came to him and things got to the point of him being crucified nothing stopped god from completing his mission which was to justify a sinner through his perfect righteous life that we may receive propitiation for our sins so then how then can can anything take us away from that how then can we who are now justified in christ how can we be then condemned if you are in christ today as i hope you guys are those that are listening hold on to that nothing shall separate you from the love of christ amen so don't forget to hit us up at reformplaza.com um shoot us an email with any questions comments concerns or rebukes don't forget to share the episode, like the episode, comment, do all that fun stuff. And do not forget, we are going live December 28th at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Monday, December 28th. West Coast. Free prayer. Free prayer. It is free. It is free. So, uh, yeah, man. So I'd like to also remind you guys, www.redeemprojectradio.com. Do people still say www? It still shows up when you type it in. Mm. No, it's more HTTP no. <laughs> colon, colon slash slash, slash. www dot. <laughs> yeah. And then after dot com, it's another slash as well. <laughs> but you don't want that. Get your merch at reformplaza.com. Go ahead and support the movements. And if, you know, shoot, man, shoot us a comment on Apple Podcasts, man. Hit that five star like button, man. We, I know we got more than 42 people listening to this thing, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. We see the numbers. We, we know how numbers. many Come of on, you man. are listening. Come on, man. Please be a brother, be your <laughs> sister. And this. if you're not, and if you don't have Apple and you're not able to leave a review, you could always Spotify. message us. Hit us up. Let us know. Yeah. We're on Spotify, every, everywhere, man. Just search it in, man. This is Reform Rasa. We're out of here. May God be glorified through the edification of the saints. Be sure to tune in on Christmas when we drop the birth of Christ. Ooh, double dose of the Holy Ghost. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Rato, Rato. Later. Peace. This is for the last.